Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We just bless you, God, tonight. And we just thank you, Father, first and foremost, for removing that veil from our lives and from our minds, Lord, where we would need to continue to see, Lord, vaguely or dimly. Father, you have made it so that those things you have hidden for us would be disclosed or revealed or uncovered to us. And Father, not in a confusing way or in a vague way, Lord, because we could never act upon something that is too dim. But Father, it's your full intention to fully disclose in the name of Jesus all that you have given and that you've set aside for this hour. And so, Father, we thank you for hearts in the name of Jesus that are sensitive to you. And as you reveal, Father, information, ideas, insight, concepts, we thank you for clarity for all of these things. For we are living in a Kairos time where it's your desire that every detail would align. When things align, conditions align, they produce sudden suddenlies in God. There's no such thing as an accident, but things that have deliberately aligned. And sometimes atmospheres like this are necessary because we don't know what we're holding on to we don't necessarily know where the stress is or where the fear is, but God knows, and he could come in and do a lifetime of surgery, so to speak, in a moment, and bring peace. Now, peace, a lack of peace was the obstacle, and God comes in and removes that, and that's the last thing that needs to align. How many you know that's extremely valuable? And how many of you know that it may be something that you would never know? those things can remain hidden for a lifetime. And so what we're doing in this hour, what God is desiring us to do, as Pastor was talking about struggling and how struggling brings the glory of the Lord, there's this violent, intense effort on our part where the things that God has, the tools and the things that God has spoken and the things that God has given us, we are putting to the best of our, the way we know how, a violent, intense effort towards those things to be able to understand, not to be able to be loved and not to be able to deserve them, but to be able to see them to be able to violently give our focus, because how many of you know focus sometimes is a violent thing? Yeah. It's violent. And I feel like I used to feel, you know, in a way sorry for um, or concerned for this generation because they seem to be able to multitask, but there's a degree of that that is actually beneficial to be able to not, you know, I have to get me in a quiet room or I read the same line over a hundred times. And people can have, you know, you know, stir your eggs, read your book, and <laughs> all at the same time, right? And I don't know how much of that you actually get, but 
Hallelujah. Focus is so important. And so, um, thank you, Jesus. I, I just feel that so much. And there's wisdom in that, you know, as it's not, it's, it's not like we're looking for new information in this season right now. It's like what we're looking for is the Lord to reveal to us things that he said that maybe we passed over too quickly. And those things are requiring more of our attention. And can I, maybe this is how I'm gonna get there because I don't like this topic, but I like it when it talks about us. Um, the Bible says about Moses, we're in Numbers chapter 12, and it's an unfortunate story about Moses' brother and sister. Although it's a, a very beautiful, I mean, you know, it's, it's obviously in the word of God and there's things that we can learn there, but the Bible tells us about Moses that he was more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth, that he was a very humble man. And to be humble means, pastor that was with us the last time and he was talking to us about being fully persuaded or having our confidence in God to be in covenant with someone is to not be not feel like we need to be busy doing their part, but to have a confidence in them that they do their part. And to be humble or meek simply means that we see the largeness of God. Moses was the meekest man in all the earth, and isn't it funny when you look at his life and you see all of the amazing miracles that took place in a man where the Spirit of God did not live on the inside of. Wow. Wow. Like standing in the place of deliverer, overcoming things, like standing at the Red Sea and getting instructions and actually thinking that water will part, like looking behind you and seeing the most powerful army and seeing that the, the water is parting for you, but it swallows them up. I believe that humility or, and meekness are directly related to the wonders of God. Amen. Directly related to the wonders of God. So I am, you know, and, and if we want to look at what, you know, God wants, humility, amen, and what he doesn't want is, so then pride then, or rebellion, and when we look at Miriam in this story, her name actually means rebellion. And to be rebellious or prideful is basically, when we talk about struggling, being a violent effort to freedom, a violent effort to obedience, a violent effort to see the completion of the things that God's heart desires, then conversely, rebellion is a violent effort against or disapproval against authority or control. Moses did not possess those characteristics. He, he did not show forth disapproval in God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. You know, sometimes what we do is we, I'm finding um, sometimes the value, who would have thunk, one of pastor's first scriptures, Joshua 1.8, meditate in the word day and night. Right? And as we, you know, 25, 30 years ago, as you stay in the word and stay in the word, you know, that through that rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing of the same story, something that I think by the enemy's design is, has, is, has somewhat of a taste of, um, I don't want to use the word repulsion because that's kind of a strong word, but it's distasteful to have to go back over something again that you've already done once. Nobody wants to have to go paint the room again. Nobody wants to have to rip up the carpet and lay it again. Nobody wants to spill your coffee and have to run in the house and change again. Come on. And so we have this natural propensity then to not necessarily want to go over things again and again and again. But there is so much value in just rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing. That's where the wealth comes from. That's where we mine. It's how we mine the secrets of God. It's how we mine the secrets of God. It's how we do the Bible. It's how you do the Bible. I, I, I appreciate Read Your Bible in a year programs but they don't help you to get to know God. And so you can have a lot of quantity, but when you're in the middle of a circumstance, you don't need quantity. You need to know God. You need to know your covenant partner. You need to know that you can trust him. And the way that that happens is that you mine the gold that's in the word. And the only way that that happens is that you read it and you read it and you reread it, and you reread it, and you stop and you think, what were they thinking? Why would they do that? And let Holy Spirit start filling between, you know, in between the lines for you so that you can start seeing how did they get where they got? How did they get where they got? Mo what Aaron said when he cried out to his brother Moses when Miriam was struck with, struck with leprosy is he said, forgive our foolishness Forgive our foolishness as he's looking at his sister who has leprosy now. And that word actually means looseness. We were loose when it came to the things of God, when it came to the truths of God. We were loose. Our tongues were loose. In the Midrash, which is basically... Um, like the, the Hebrew commentary, they say that leprosy is, um, it's symbolic, it finds its root in the tongue. And, and when, you, when you think about being quarantined, which is what God said, take her out of the camp for seven days and quarantine her. And when you, you quarantine someone because they are infected, 
and you don't want the disease to spread, so you quarantine them because they've been defiled. And the book of James tells us that the only thing that defiles us like nothing else is the tongue. It says the tongue can set your whole life on fire like nothing else. Wow. Come to your story. I'm just trying to follow the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? <coughs> kind of moving slowly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. I don't know what your today's story is when he came around the corner. Yeah. We're excited about Blake coming. And he has a new book that's out. What's it called? Profound Good. Profound Good. And um, read it before he comes. Yeah, you could get it on Audible. Or it's Amazon. only four hours long or Amazon. And he, and he reads, reads it, it, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it is so good. And the really cool thing is that the cover of his book are those hands that are up on that wall. Mm -hmm. You're going to see. Not that we're saying he stole it. No, actually. Maybe we stole it from someone actually, too. Actually, actually, we were so pumped because we didn't even know Blake wrote a, another book, no. first of all. And they had a baby. They're, they had their baby. We knew they had a baby. Yeah, we knew they had their baby. <laughs> and we didn't know that Blake wrote a new book. And we were just on a thing with them the other day. And they were saying to us about him coming and, and bringing his things. And I checked the book to be able to send it to our team to get all the posters and stuff like that ready to go. And we feel like the Lord spoke to us ahead of schedule to change our focus uh, um, off of Beyond Your Wildest Dreams and onto something new. And we normally don't do it in June. We would wait and we would seek the Lord for a couple more months. And he said to me, speed up the schedule and get it up there by Sunday. And when we made the thing, which we just, isn't there yet. which isn't there yet, you'll see it on Sunday. Sunday. When we sought the Lord as to what it was supposed to look like, he told us to re recreate the hands. And so we had it all ready to go and we, we designed it about a month ago. Cool. And then we found out Blake wrote a new book and the cover of his book is the exact same picture. So he's going to come here and he's going to think we cheated, but you'll know we did it first. <laughs> we didn't know. And we, we put them up, put the hands on our t-shirts. Yeah, so and yeah, you'll see on Sunday. We're we're really excited. Coming. So we feel like 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 when like my mom Sorry. said. Like but that's not what she's supposed to be telling. No, but I'm just, just super excited for him to come. I'm just saying, like like you're saying, I just feel like there is yeah, there is so much of like this moment that we're in right now, and like sometimes even in what my mom's saying, there's like these little tiny shifts that you're taking, and it is like that was a perfect way of saying who wants to go and do the same thing again. But we don't want to get to that spot because sometimes it is those little tiny things that need to be tweaked. And that is like God pushing us down this narrow path that he wants us to go. So even sometimes when you don't know like what we're doing, like you said, you're just following, like force yourself over the next month or over the course of the summer. Yeah, to and to sit on the edge of your seat and to be awaiting those little tiny keys that God's giving because he is maneuvering us with us even realizing it and okay god, in, in in god's goodness yes god always comes i had a vision a few months ago of just gifts and it was kind of like i showed up and and all i could do was just like there were too many gifts 
And it was just like I was carrying them. And you know when you're carrying something and you've just carried it for too long because there's too many and it's too heavy, and you just finally are just like, yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, it, it's, it's just like that's what's on God's mind. That's what's on God's mind. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't help but just while we were, I know it presses some of you in, and I just want to say thank you. Mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you. But you know, there will be a day, hopefully sooner than later, where we realize that there's just this little zipper right. that separates heaven from earth. Yes. Jesus said the kingdom is here. And we can feel so awkward and uncomfortable, but the truth is, mm -hmm. That if this earth is groaning and operating under the curse, then heaven is more real than the very earth that we are standing on. Right. Because the Bible says what is not aligning with heaven is temporary right. and it, it will change. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It has no option but to change. Mm -hmm. So it's better yes. for us to learn early yeah. Yes. Not have to go to summer school. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and we were just because we didn't pay attention. We were just praying for somebody the other day, and um, you got this word missed opportunity, mm. and it's been coming around with us like as we've just been praying. We we spend time together as a family every morning, and we just pray in the Holy Spirit, and it keeps coming up a missed opportunity. And it was so funny because the reason why this person experienced a missed opportunity was the stupidest, smallest little thing. But that little thing grew and created a missed opportunity because just like what you're talking about tonight, it is the issue of focusing on the good, focusing on his word, renewing our mind to that, that keeps us from letting our tongue come in and start a fire in our life. And the negativity that we say, that we think about, you don't get away with it. I mean, that's what happened to Miriam, right? Yes. Miriam, the sister, Miriam, the prophetess. Miriam, the, the song, you know, yes. the song singer, the yes. worshiper, yes. Miriam, the leader, yes. right? It was Aaron and Moses she and let God her called focus them together, drift. right? How does Miriam go from being his greatest, yes. you know, um, what's the word yes. where yes. she's, you know, supporting him yes. to the pl place where she's his greatest critic, yes. right? Loose, yes. what do they say? Loose lips sh sink, sink ships. ships. <laughs> you gotta be careful with that. <laughs> That's I went I, slow. <laughs> yeah, I went slow. but it's sometimes it's so annoying because it's like, what would I do if anything like that happened? I don't. That know. happened. I'd have to run away for a no, month. No, that happened probably. to us one time before. Remember? I would have to run away for a month. Somebody I'm slipped sorry. it at the pulpit. I don't know what I would. Yeah, you would like run and cry. Um, but sometimes Tell it is story so I can let these people. Go okay, home. so I just need to give preface for the story. Okay, because mm -hmm. I, I think like I want to focus in on if you are saying a lot that they're getting the point of what you're saying and bringing the two things together with the idea of focus and specifically focusing on what we think about is going to come out our mouths. And yes. it is like the Bible says a rudder that is steering our life. Yes. You can't get away from that. That's, That's the right. way the system works. That's right. So inside of Blake's book, he tells this story right at the beginning and 
basically um he says that it's a busy morning and he it's his morning to wake up he wrote this book before they had a new baby but with um with their daughter november and he wakes up with her and it's just a really busy morning and his mind is on other things how many of you know as a parent when you're like holding your kid dealing with all your situations prepping your day he's trying to cook breakfast he I'm burns like, the eggs burns the eggs then he has says he has half the time to try and get everything for his whole family situated now he has to do breakfast again because he burnt it because his mind was ah, running in other places dealing with this kid all that kind of thing and he says that as he comes back into the kitchen and he's thinking about his day all of a sudden he starts the stress and frustration leads him to feeling bad about himself mm -hmm. and feeling starting to entertain the thoughts and ideas of self-pity mm -hmm. and if you don't know blake he can see in the spirit so really you don't get very far like that would stink like oh my gosh he says a nasty thing to his wife and he sees a cut right across her face and starts bleeding like how could you say something horrible right you'd be like perfect the flesh he is That's pretty how, darn right? close looseness yes i'm like looseness. lord let mike be able to see in the spirit <laughs> Yes, Jesus. <laughs> yes, Jesus. <laughs> Come on, wives. Lay your hands on your significant <laughs> other. and Yeah. So. You need to come to that Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Alex, will you lay hands on me, please? Um, so please, basically, when he, when he starts, he's amazing. When he starts um, entertaining the thoughts of self-pity, around the corner in his kitchen, he watches a demon come into the room. And he says, it would have done me no good in that moment to say, I bind you in the name of Jesus, get out of here. Because he said that demon had every right to be there. Because I was focusing on self-pity and he was the demon of self-pity. So he said the only way I could get that guy out of the room was to shift my focus. I don't have to deal with him. The moment I turn my attention, he said he stood in front of his kitchen sink and he was doing some dishes and he forced himself to just begin to worship. Mm. And as he began to worship, his focus was shifted onto God and the demonic stronghold was instantly gone because it didn't have a reason any longer to stay simply because of what he was focusing on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amen. And, and how powerful, you know, when you think about that story, okay, yes. So that's a man who is who has practiced yes. and gifted yes. and seeing in the spirit, which we all can do. Yes. And you hear that story and you have anything rise up in you, you're just like, la 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 la. Uh -huh. You're the shalalama Lord, I just love you. And you're yes. you're just doing everything you can to just shift the atmosphere, right? Yes. Imagine, you know, so that's a natural man in one experience, spiritual experience but how powerful the word of God is. Yes. And all that's in the word of God for our good. Yes. The Bible says that it was written for our admonition. Yes. So that it would teach us and instruct us and admonish us. It would build us up. It would strengthen us. It would empower us. Right. It would become our cheerleader. It would become the grace and the strength that we need to get where we're going. Amen. And we have to be able to see just like that tongue that we've been given authority over, there are some insidious ideas that have been planted sometimes by one friendship. 
one, one alliance, one friendship, one small life change that we make when we're not paying attention and we make a friendship and this person ha may happen to be all whatever and then all of what's there on their life slowly begins to, like that rudder, change our life and we wonder because one day we were sleeping when we should have been awake, right? And that's why, you know, this is really the admonition. It's not that God's cracking a whip. It's that, you know, creation is groaning. Yes. And so God's desire is that we would stand in our place and put things back in order. But also that we would experience the joy in the life and the peace of life and ministry in God. Yes. The adventure in God. And we've been duped somehow to think lies that living for God and loving God and serving God and committing God is anything but that. And if we're doing it out of the letter and not out of a life-giving, poom 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 the knowledge of your covenant partner relationship, it can become law. But can I tell you something? It's better, we are better off in those seasons where maybe, you know, I mean, I believe there's a place where you never have to be dry, you know, and let it be moments, just moments, and we cry out to God and he f floods us again, you know. But it, it, it does us good to, to just stay strong in him, amen, and to stay close to him so that when those things are there, they're, they're just as quickly as they come, they're gone. Yeah, you can sit. So I, I, I kind of feel like I just want to let you go home. Um, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just close our eyes for a minute. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, when you talk about, um, you know, Moses, the Lord's, the way he talks about Moses is this, he's this man of great honor, you know, and, um, and sometimes it's hard to juggle the word and learning things and 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 doing it in a loving way. You know, how do you tell your child, you know, that cars are big and strong and not run out not to run out on the road? How do you do that so that it's in truth and not in fear? It's it's such a fine line and we we so much need the Lord for that because the truth is is I could sit here all day and tell you how much God loves you and how much God wants good for you and all of that is so true but the other side of things that we need to know sometimes are the the pitfalls you know and so we do ourselves good to be able to examine in our lives in in a way that is healthy where we're not taking on the condemnation of things or the guilt of things but we're simply able then to ask ourselves to take an honest look at our life and say, am I like that? And because I so much want to be like the Lord and be not only love God, but, but love people for God, I want to give myself to these things and learn these things. And so while I'm learning, I'm not a bad person, 
But unless you point out where the, you know, the, I'm thankful to you if, you know, I'm going to drive down a road and there's, you know, a cliff and I'm going to drive there in the middle of the night and you don't tell me, I'm like, gee, thanks, friend. (laughs) Right? And there's pitfalls in life, which is why Jesus said, it's better for you that I go because I am giving you the promise, the biggest promise that we have, the greatest thing that happened to us was the gift of Holy Spirit. Because he goes with us, we go with him, and he goes with us everywhere we go. He is our guide, he he is our helper, he is our teacher, hallelujah. And so, can you just let me do something just for the sake of myself, so I just feel released from this? It's super short. And so I'm just gonna read it to you, okay? And so Numbers chapter 12, hallelujah, it says this, that Miriam and Aaron, um, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Okay, Lord. Guard your heart. Close your eyes. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Out of your heart comes forces of life. James says, the tongue is a fire. It has the power to corrupt the entire body. They believe all sickness and disease begins in the spirit, gets in your soul, and eventually comes out of your mouth. I think the craziest testimony that I've heard that I can think of right now about that is a man, great, great man, who is in great, great shape and went to our kids' high school and he was like 40, super great shape, and his father died at 40, super successful businessman, He's out playing basketball today, uh, one day. Hockey, was it? Hockey. And he is in super shape. Did I say that? And he's out playing hockey. And it's his 40th birthday. And all his life, he lived with the reality and never changed his thoughts and would say it out of his mouth. And on his 40th birthday, dropped dead. The man was absolutely healthy. His wife was a doctor. I think that's the most radical, one of the most radical testimonies I've ever seen of the power of believing. It says it can set your whole life on fire. It can set your whole life on fire. We're not talking about like, fire, 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 fall on me. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a forest fire. A fire that takes, you know, people lose their homes and their greatest possessions and sometimes their loved ones. That kind of fire. 
So what's the point? Okay, what does honor look like? Let me just give you three points and then we're gonna go home because I don't, I, I don't wanna go into it because I feel like we're just the presence of God is here and get the point, get the point. Think Miriam, think leprosy. Think loose lips. No, no, no. Learn that. Let's learn that. Let's guard our hearts, right? Because the one thing about the two of them, right, is that their big angst is that Moses marries a woman and they don't like. And they are ticked about that. And they can't let it go. They won't let it go. And all that happens. And when you look at the story, you see that even though Moses did something that he shouldn't have done by marrying a Cushite, the one who gets the leprosy is the one who's talking about that one. And you see what happens immediately, such interesting things in there. It's like God calls him, you know, like, Alex, Justin, Liz, get out here right now. It's like one of those moments. And the, and the scripture says, the glory of God hits. And then it says, God has to say, Moses must be so used to the glory of God because Moses is still there, but it says that he has to call Aaron and Miriam. He's like, Aaron and Miriam, they must have like run. <laughs> Get out here. But Moses is so used to the presence of God which is the key to humility. It's one little thing that you see in a leader, one little thing that you see in a spouse, one little thing that you see on a person on the television, one little thing that you see in your neighbor, one little thing, and you see what, what God does is like God moves lickety-split, and the vengeance of God for Moses because he protects. He is our vindicator. And you see that Moses hung on to forgiveness because when, when, when Aaron cries out and says, please forgive us, please forgive us, and then God, Moses goes to God and the scripture says God hears him. And so God hears Moses because Moses is praying a genuine prayer a heartfelt prayer. Because the Bible tells us that it makes tremendous power available. So Moses is, even though all of this is going on, and he's no dummy, but he's just trusting God in it. And God can vindicate you like nobody can. But you can't stand the fire of all that unless you stay close to God. Let's stay close to him so the fire burns out of us, all that ugliness, and let's keep the ugliness out of us so the fire doesn't burn us, shall we? Humility and meekness is connected to the miraculous. Father, I can't close this. We just thank you. Oh, you go ahead. Okay, how many of you are ready to just, let, let's just worship God in our giving. I apologize. I just don't know how to bring this to a close. It's like, Arr. 
Okay, go home. That's usually what I do after prayer. Bye, everybody. Love you all. Thank you for loving Jesus. Go home now. <laughs> so if you, if you need a, an offering envelope, you're, I'm sure you're ready for it. Let's just... Uh, hallelujah! Woo! Honor looks like appreciating those who are close to you. Appreciating their gifts, their talents, their qualities, their differences. Encouraging them in it. In the name of Jesus. Honor looks like practicing staying open and teachable in the name of Jesus and seeking out wisdom. And, and honor looks like not comparing so that we don't have to compete. So Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's raining. Hallelujah in this place, Father. We thank you for divine wisdom, Lord, to poke holes in, in ceilings, and things, Lord, that have tried to keep us out. We just declare, Lord, the prayer of Hannah in the name of Jesus, Father. Hannah prayed a prayer, and the scripture says, Hannah conceived, she prayed, and she conceived, and before the year was out, she had a baby. Woo, God, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We declare every life, every family blessed in the name of Jesus. And if you agree with me, say amen. amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him, but been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day and help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.